0: Hello and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling, I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with polycystic ovary syndrome find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health and happiness. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com, because there I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as well. Now let's get started. So there's a lot of confusion, I think, around the labs that we need to advocate for in order to, number one, get a PCOS diagnosis, but also to kind of figure out what is at the root of our PCOS. Uh, and I have a PCOS 101 guide that recommends lots of tests to ask your doctor for, and you can find that if you don't have if if you don't already have a copy of that, that's at pcsdiva.com slash hope. Um, but today I brought on an expert to talk about labs, to talk about, you know, what you should ask for at your doctor's office and then also some labs that are somewhat revolutionary and your doctor may not already know about them. So we're all divas here, we're trying to um, learn more about PCOS because knowledge is power, and I want to dive right into the topic and introduce my guest today. It's Dr. Carrie Jones. She graduated from the National University of Natural Medicine School of Naturopathic Medicine, located in Portland, Oregon, where she was adjunct faculty for many years teaching gynecology and advanced endocrinology, and she is currently the medical director at Precision Analytical, and she frequently lectures both nationally and internationally on the topics of adrenal and hormone health. So a perfect expert to have on talking about this topic. So welcome, Dr. Carey. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. I
1: love how you said knowledge is power. I think that's so, that's so fantastic.
0: Yeah, so you're going to teach us a little bit more about, um, you know, how labs maybe play a role in diagnostic, um, criteria for PCOS. Um, you know, it's, uh, most women, I would say, are probably diagnosed, diagnosed with PCOS via the Rotterdam criteria. So Mm -hmm. it's either Um, absent or menstrual, um, absent um, or irregular menstrual cycle, sorry, Mm -hmm. and excess androgens, which would have to be tested on a lab, Mm -hmm. and then um, polycystic ovaries. So two out of those three would kind of give you the standard diagnosis. Um, But then there's lots of other things that we want to be testing for, for women with PCOS. Um, But why don't, could you give us sort of um, an overview about, maybe what hormones would be important besides androgens and maybe what androgens are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think definitely with uh, women who have PCOS or maybe think they might have PCOS, the Rotterdam criteria is exactly the same criteria that I use as well with my patients. And what I find sometimes is, um, that, you know, as you said, one of the criteria, you have to have elevated androgens and androgenic symptoms. And basically what that is, it's a fancy word for your testosterone and your DHEA. So it's your hormones that are more, um, you know, we call them like a male hormones, even though women need them too. And when they're too elevated, or if they're going down the wrong pathway, then that's when you get those, um, not very fun symptoms like, Acne, cystic acne and facial hair or, or you know, hair in places you don't want and hair loss from the head and maybe mood swings like anger and irritation. So t- a lot of doctors will do testosterone. They'll test your DHEA in the blood work. And sometimes they're elevated and sometimes they're normal. And if they're normal, you may get ruled out as PCOS when in fact um, you have to look at the pathways. You have to actually do a bigger, broader test and see, it is, are you going down the pathway that's causing the acne and causing the facial hair, um, and not just scratching the surface by looking at testosterone? And then you mentioned, you know, irregular cycles or no cycles, and of course that has a lot to do with estrogen and progesterone. Um, and we know progesterone is what comes out only after you ovulate. So those women who are experiencing no cycles or experiencing cycles where they don't release an egg, they're they're missing out on progesterone, and progesterone is our calming, our happy, our relaxing anti-anxiety hormone. And then with estrogen, lastly, um, you know, estrogen, it, it's important. It's important in the female body to have estrogen. It gives us nice skin, and it helps our bones, and it helps our mood. Uh, too much of it, of course, causes all sorts of symptoms like tender breasts and heavy periods or PMS. Um, but estrogen has pathways to also just like testosterone. So when we're doing sort of advanced testing, revolutionary testing, as you, as you said, I love that. Um, we want to make sure our estrogens are going down the healthy pathway. Otherwise we'll get more estrogenic symptoms and, um, some of the pathways aren't good. Some of the pathways head towards cancerous processes. So we have to watch for that.
0: Okay. So. For for those of us lay people listening, um, can you explain what you mean by pathways? It might be a sort of a term that some of us aren't familiar with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we call them um, when when you make a hormone and you're moving the hormone around in your body, or it's converting into other things, they go down certain pathways. And so, for example, testosterone can go down what's called an alpha pathway or a beta pathway. And the alpha pathway is when it just converts into other hormones, but the alpha pathway are aggressive and they cause skin irritation and acne and they cause facial hair. Whereas the beta pathway is not as aggressive. It doesn't cause all those nasty symptoms. And with estrogen, estrogen goes through detoxification. So, you can have phase one detoxification, and you can have phase two detoxification, which is the way your body gets estrogen out of your system safely, hopefully safely. Um, or on, maybe sometimes that detox is blocked or slow, and now it can't get out of your body.
0: Mm. And I think that's true for a lot of women with PCOS. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, can you sort of explain the differences? Of tests out there, what, like the type of blood work that you'd get done um, at your typical doctor's visit versus other uh, testing types that we may not really be aware of. That are yeah,
1: absolutely. I'd say probably most divas are familiar with, um, you know, they go to the doctor, they get their blood drawn, and they usually get. Basics. They get their their blood sugar drawn, their glucose. Maybe they get their insulin drawn. Um, They'll get their testosterone checked. They'll get their estrogen checked. It's called estradiol. Um, And maybe they'll get their progesterone checked. Sometimes some doctors will run a few other markers, maybe, um, you know, a screening thyroid marker. Uh, screening cholesterol marker, you know, there's some, or vitamin, maybe a vitamin D marker by a lot of doctors are on board now with fight testing, vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you sort of only get a handful, you know, you go and you say, I'm, I'm not cycling and I've got all these skin symptoms and I'm gaining weight. I can't get pregnant. And so you get sort of these cursory, just basic stuff. Now then, a little more advanced testing, some some of the um, listeners may be familiar with, like, saliva testing. So saliva testing is, um, came out many, many years ago, and that's when you would literally spit in a tube. <laughs> you spit in a tube, and from that, you get a better insight into your cortisol, your adrenal mm-hmm. health, your HPA health. And then since saliva, now there is, there's urinary testing where you you basically pee on strips of paper, um, and let them dry. We call it dried urine testing. And when you do the urine testing, you can pick up these pathways. It's, it's it's the hormones that have gone through the liver and chosen a pathway, and then they're getting pushed out the other end, and they show up in the urine. We can't get that in serum because they haven't gone through the liver or the kidney yet, of course. And we can't get that in saliva because, again, saliva is just in your saliva gland and, and out of your your spit. But with urine testing, that's where we can pick up this these these neat little like, how's your detox, and which way is your testosterone going? Why do you have acne, and why do your breasts hurt? So we can pick up this extra information.
0: And so what? So that that extra information is very valuable. And mm-hmm. what can doctors um, like yourself, you know, and, and like a naturopath? Um, what can you do with that extra information to help your patients with PCOS? Great question.
1: And the information can be very empowering to people. For example, if they see that their estrogen is headed down maybe the cancerous pathway, and it's also the pathway that's causing their PMS and heavy periods and tender breasts. There's a lot of dietary changes that we can suggest. Um, There's supplements that we can suggest, uh, stress management um, blood sugar changes that we, you know, uh, with that go with diet that we can suggest. And it'll help divert you from the bad pathway maybe onto the better pathway. Same with the testosterone. Testosterone is going down that sort of aggressive acne-causing, facial hair-causing pathway. It's, it's usually pushed that way um, with inflammation, so mm-hmm. I may say, oh, you look, you know, the, one of the reasons is inflammation. What's, what do you have going on? Do you have joint pain? Do you have muscle pain? Do you get gas and bloating? Are you prone to headaches? Like, let's figure out where this inflammation is. Um, another common reason is a, an imbalance in people's blood sugar and insulin. So I talk very heavily about diet and, and blood sugar control, um, and insulin control, because if somebody, um, doesn't have very good control, either, you know, through their diet or genetically, um, especially with, with PCOS, we know that the, um, they have a lot of trouble with insulin, which goes with your blood sugar, um, then we work on that quite heavily. Because if I work on that, then we may find that their acne gets better and their facial hair stops going crazy and the hair on their head stops falling out. And so it can be, um, uh, Lifestyle, everyday lifestyle changes that people can make and with the addition of some supplements just to help them along.
0: Um, just curious, what uh, type of supplements do you sort of think are kind of like a, um, essential for women with PCOS?
1: Absolutely. So with uh, let's start with testosterone. So if your testosterone or your DHEA is going down that aggressive pathway, if you test and find out, um we tend to look at things believe it or not like there's an ingredient in green tea it's called EGCG it's one of the active and big active ingredients um EGCG reishi mushroom mushrooms are kind of all the rage now you're seeing them in health food stores and in you know powders and supplements but reishi in particular can be really helpful um there's a couple of other uh, herbs one is uh saw palmetto and the other is called stinging nettle root so saw palmetto and stinging nettle are commonly, and in, in, in for men, though you'll see them in prostate products, mm-hmm. and I always joke to women, I'm like, I know, I know it's a prostate. You think it's a prostate um, herb, but it's actually for this particular pathway, and women have the same pathway, and it just manifests in us differently than it manifests in men. Men get an enlarged prostate. We don't have prostate, so we get facial hair and acne <laughs> instead. And so those are some Those are some supplements um, that can help if that pathway is, is, is activated. Now for estrogen, my most favorite, and I take it, I actually take it myself, but broccoli sprout powder. So um, sprouted greens, so broccoli sprouts is really high in this, in this um, thing called sulforaphane. And sulforaphane helps stop estrogen going down the bad pathway. So if it's headed down the cancer pathway, believe it or not, taking some broccoli sprouts every day can help divert you back. So you're not going down that bad pathway. A lot of other women are familiar with something called DIM, D-I-M or diindole methane. DIM comes from indol 3 carbinol or I3C. Those are very popular um, sort of women's health, anti-PMS, anti-estrogen support. They come from the broccoli, kale, cauliflower family, Brussels sprouts, the brassica family. So sometimes even women just changing their diet, adding more of those foods in can make a huge impact on their estrogens, which is really nice. And
0: I think just um, adding more fiber to your diet with plant-based oh, foods is, is huge. And, um, you know, I always say, like, you really can't um, supplement your way out of a bad diet. You yes. know, it, it really um, – <laughs> you have to start with the dietary changes, either first or in conjunction with – Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um yeah so great great uh tips there on the supplements um, you know i want to talk about stress because i had the opportunity to do um this test that we've been talking about and it's it's called the dutch test and i did it this summer it was actually in in june when Um, You know, moms listening, especially up here in the Northeast when school, our last um, month of school before summer goes out is June, and it's just crazy. Probably not the best time to take a a test like this that tests your adrenals, Um, but my uh, cortisol curve, which – uh, you know, I, I I knew I was having some issues with cortisol. Was pretty much flatlined, <laughs> and I was really in some major adrenal fatigue. Uh, and I've been doing some things, and and thank goodness for the test because it really gave me the information I needed to make some lifestyle shifts and some supplement shifts as well. So that was really great information um, that I could not get at my Um, primary care physician. I mean, if I told him I was having adrenal issues, he would have looked at me with, you know, and rolled his eyes. So maybe you can um, talk a little bit about how stress is such a major player in um, exacerbating PCOS symptoms and how testing can kind of help us, like, like I said, get the knowledge we need to make changes.
1: Absolutely. I don't think I don't think women realize how much of an impact stress has on their hormones. I mean, um, you've you've a couple stress hormones. Cortisol, of course, is the most famous one, and then adrenaline, which is also known as epinephrine, and then noradrenaline or norepinephrine. But but cortisol is is tested quite quite commonly, and it comes from the adrenal glands at the um, direction from the brain, but testosterone can also be made in the adrenal glands. 25% of your uh, women's testosterone is made there. And then 20% of your DHEA is made there. And so some women who have this high androgen, high testosterone, it could be your ovaries, but it could also just be you're under a tremendous amount of stress and the adrenal glands are going, okay, let's dump out all the hormones we have. And out comes a whole bunch of testosterone and out comes a whole bunch of DHEA. And now you're symptomatic. You have Again, acne, facial hair, um, you know, your cycles or you're missing cycles or so you're not ovulating. But cortisol can have a huge impact on things like ovulation. I mean, I'm sure a number of, of divas listening have had a stressful event or a stressful month or a stressful situation. And their period was late or it was early or it, it skipped entirely. And it's that's at the direction of, of stress, of cortisol. It can absolutely impact other hormones, um, like progesterone, like testosterone, and your thyroid. Your stress can greatly infect, um, affect the way your thyroid functions um, and the way your thyroid activates, and, and of course, when you have thyroid problems, you get skipped cycles, you don't ovulate, you gain weight, you lose your hair, and so it's very, very interconnected.
0: So, you know, we, we can't really um, often control the the stress in our lives, but we can control the reaction to the mm-hmm. stress. And um, maybe you could share some of your favorite sort of stress um, busters or ways to that you help your parents, uh, your patients, and you help yourself. <laughs> Them <make>. too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Them I'm, too. <laughs> I'm thinking about my parents because my dad's in the hospital for pneumonia right now, so it's stressing oh. me out. Goodness, um, that's a big stress. That's a I huge know. stress. Um, but but anyway, yeah. like you know, what do you do personally and and recommend to your patients?
1: Absolutely. Well, I te- I mean I test right. I'm the medical director for a for a hormone lab, and so I check in with my cortisol to see where it is. Just just like when you did to give me um, that kind of feedback. How am I handling this? Do the way that I think I'm handling this is that actually how my body is responding? And and where do I need to make changes? But I would say my my top very top thing is is sleep. I mm-hmm. highly recommend people, you know, get off their phones and their, and their screens and their computers at night um, and have a really healthy wind down routine with that, whether that just means, you know, being social and talking with your family or drinking tea or taking a bath or, you know, meditating, listening to music. I, I don't really care what it is, but as long as you're winding down, what that does is that brings your cortisol down and your melatonin up. And so that quality seven to nine hours of sleep is very, very restorative. When you sleep, you produce um, two big hormones, melatonin being one of them, the other being growth hormone, and they basically go through and, you know, clean every cell in your body. That growth hormone is like a scrubbing bubbles, so you can wake up feeling refreshed and restored. So sleep is critical, so get good sleep. Um, the second thing that I definitely recommend, um, which I've said earlier, but blood sugar balance cortisol's primary job in the body is to manage your blood sugar. So if you skip meals, if you um, maybe do too much sugar, too many sweets, uh, too many glasses of wine, which can really affect your sugar and your liver, that's very stressful to the body. And so your cortisol has to deal with it. It has to come out and handle it. Um, so making sure that you're eating healthy, and, um, have your blood sugar. You don't get hypoglycemic episodes or I get, I call it hangry, you know, Mm -hmm. hungry and angry (laughs) where I need to eat right now. Um, hydration is another stress on the body. If you're not drinking enough water, the brain registers as you know, the cells are dehydrated and it stresses out and requires the adrenals. So it's, it's very simple lifestyle things, right? It's like, it's like almost too easy. You get good sleep, you know, eat healthy, and we know what healthy is. We know when we put stuff in our mouth, whether it's good or bad, Um, drink enough water. And then my, my most favorite recommendation, it's my new one that I'm saying for 2017, is pet a dog. When you pet a dog, you get that unconditional love. Well, you know, pet a nice dog and make sure you're not allergic to dogs. But when you pet a dog, you release your love hormone, which is called oxytocin. And it's your bonding hormone. It's like women get that when they breastfeed. That's the hormone that comes out that makes you think your child is the most amazing thing in the whole world. And you get it from hugs from people that you love, and you get it from when you pet your animals. So if you're stressed out, pet your animals and hug your loved ones and get that hormone really high, that oxytocin.
0: Mm, That's
1: a great recommendation.
0: You know, I I wanted to just share what I've done um, to sort of help my cortisol curve since I Found out that it was um you know pretty flat lines, but i've been feeling a lot better since i uh started wearing like the orange um blue light uh Omitting. So sexy. Yeah. Oh, I know. They're kind of <laughs> cute though. It's sort of that geek chic um mm-hmm. look. But I put them on like, you know, if I'm home like around I don't know, seven o'clock at night, six thirty, seven o'clock, and and I'll wear them um until I go to bed, which you know I shoot for about 930, nine thirty, nine, nine thirty. Uh and then I bought this really fantastic alarm clock that's the sunrise stimulate simulator alarm clock and then um so it wakes me up gently and you know now my body is really on a good um sort of rhythm and pattern and I wake up refreshed and I just I feel so much better I think that's what I because of the low cortisol in the morning I was I felt like a zombie you know I'd wake up and I just couldn't get myself moving um but I do that and then I jump on my rebounder have some um, warm water and lemon with, with some cayenne and you know, I just feel so much better, but really that sleep hygiene I think is so important. And I have the glasses too. I
1: wear my glasses pretty much every night um, and I do, I'm a big, I'm a tea drinker. I don't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. I never actually got into coffee, which people think is quite weird, but, um, my new favorite and it just works for my body. It may not work for everybody, but it's, um, called Tulsi, which is T-U-L or T-U-L-S-I. It's a holy basil
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's a nice calming adaptogen. And I love the taste of the kind that I have. Um, and I wear my lovely orange glasses at night and I drink my Tulsi tea and it's made a huge difference in my sleep and, um, just calming my cortisol and calming my brain and helping me wind down.
0: Yeah, I, I do love coffee, but I'm trying to, um, You know, really limit it to (laughs) weekends. I love my coffee and I love my wine, but that's something that I've been been really trying to limit it to, like a mindful indulgence. And so, I've been um, drinking. This is what I have right now is Golden Milk, which (gasps) is my favorite. Yes, and and you know, and I have a little cafe around the corner that makes it themselves. Mm -hmm. They, They so they freshly squeeze the ginger and turmeric and they put it in like a blend of coconut milk and almond milk and cinnamon oh my and gosh. it's so delicious and and you know I could do that at home too it's just uh, better than somebody you know, else. I know it's better than I got to bring kick out my juicer and <laughs> it's messy. I know I actually um,
1: bought a um a whisker um it's a, it's a battery operated, you know, like to make foam, a foamer. Is oh, that what yeah. It's called? yeah. So, cause I make turmeric tea at home, or, um, golden milk at home. I have, mm-hmm. I have a couple of like pre, I mean, it's not as like good. The They're paint,
0: like, pre, like a pre- pre-packaged. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I heat up coconut milk or almond milk and yeah. and then I use my little foamer and I feel all professional. It's never as good, but it's still yummy. Yeah. But I guess
0: the, the point being is that's like another kind of like evening elixir, something mm-hmm. that's warm and soothing and and healthy um you know better than having a glass of wine which is really um hormonally disruptive you know in the evening especially if you're having it you know outside of a meal right and especially
1: um which doesn't maybe so much apply to you know people listening but i have a lot of perimenopausal menopausal women who go i used to drink wine at dinner or after dinner you know at night to wind down and I can't do that anymore. Now I can't sleep and my blood sugar is all over the place. I'm like, it's hormonal. It's hormonal. These hormonal changes affect the way you process alcohol. I know. Got to cut it out. Like you said, be mindful about it.
0: Yeah. And I think women with PCOS are just so hormonally sensitive Mm -hmm. and you may not realize that that glass of wine is causing your sleep issues. You know, you may not have put two and two together, but just really being aware of how food is affecting um, you know, your, your way of coping with stress and your sleep, um, your moods as <laughs> well, you know, that, that sense of being hangry. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure. can, you, can you tell us a little bit more about the Dutch test and how it um, measures your, your adrenal function?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's, um, it's actually an acronym. It's, we do not test to see if you are of Dutch heritage. Um, but Dutch stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And it's a urine test, um, or it is a combination urine, um, little cotton swabs that you suck on. And so basically, um, you urinate on a piece of paper, uh, four times in the day. So once in the morning, two hours later, um, uh, around dinner and before bed. And then people let it dry, let it completely dry for about 24 hours and mail it into the lab. And off those four pieces of dried filter paper, we can pull all the hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEAS, and then all the pathways. We can look at phase one estrogen detox, phase two estrogen detox. We can look at testosterone, see which direction testosterone is going. Is it going that aggressive? Direction or the non-aggressive direction, we can look at melatonin, which we've talked about with sleep. Um, All the cortisol markers, that cortisol pattern you were saying, yours unfortunately was flatlined, but other people may see their cortisol is really, really elevated, and that can be um, cause a lot of symptoms and, and can be damaging as well. So it's important to know how much cortisol you're making and then what the pattern is.
0: Yeah, maybe you could – I think a lot of women with PCOS have that inverse curve. Maybe you could speak to that. Yeah.
1: So cortisol follows – we call it a circadian rhythm. It's supposed to be high in the morning, high with the sun, get your butt out of bed and get you going. And it's to be low at night so that you fall asleep and stay asleep. And a lot of women have a – we call it a reverse curve. So they're low in the morning, which means they're tired and they're dragging and they hit snooze multiple times and they need caffeine. And then they're high at night. And now they have racing brain and they can't fall asleep. They can't stay asleep. They wake up several times during the night. Or they'll say, I get a second wind. Like, I get tired at 6 or 7 o'clock at night. And then 9 o'clock comes around and I have a second wind again. Like, yeah, your cortisol is probably going up. So when you can see that, when you can see your, what, what your curve is doing, which direction it's going or um, or if it's flatlined, then you can, you can be real specific in the way that you um, – the way that you treat and, and, the, and the herbs that you choose or the supplements you choose or, you know, like getting the alarm clock, like you said, um, or getting just conscious of the fact that, oh, wow, my cortisol goes up at night. I need to really get those orange glasses and get off my phone and wind down at night and not push myself into a second wind. So getting that pattern can make a huge difference in the way you treat and, and how your supp- or symptoms, um, uh, help your symptoms go away.
0: So, so you talked about the hormones, you talked about the cortisol, Um, are there other adrenal functions that are that you test for? Other inflammation markers. We
1: test, actually, we test for an oxidative stress marker. So when your body is fighting infections and and dealing with things that are inflammation, um, you have an, we have all heard of antioxidants. We know like vitamin C is an antioxidant, vitamin E, we hear that word. But your body has its own internal antioxidant system. And if it gets overwhelmed, if it's been fighting something for a while or dealing with something for a while, then you can get an increase in what's called oxidative stress and that can actually damage your dna which we don't want and when the dna gets damaged it releases a, a, another marker and we test it on the dutch test and it's a big fancy word i don't know who names these things it's called 8 hydroxy 2 guanosine we just shorten it, 8OHDG, because that's way easier. But we look at that as well. So people who are dealing with a lot of inflammation or infection, or maybe women who've had a history of cancer or are concerned about cancer, um, it can it can give you some insight. It can it can show you like how is your how is your oxidative stress system working in your body with all this going on.
0: So for somebody that's listening today, and this just sounds really great to have this information. Um, how can you, you know, move from here? Like, so you want to do the Dutch test? Yeah. What can you do?
1: Absolutely. You can go to our website, which is www.dutchtest.com. D-U-T-C-H test.com. And there is a link, uh, if you, you can order a test yourself right off the website. And, uh, we actually have a discount code for you today. The discount code, if you buy a test, um, when you are entering all your information, there'll be a coupon code section, and the coupon code is very easy. It's Diva, all one word, all over caps, Diva, and that will get you $50 off um, the ordering of a test, which is great. If you, like a practitioner, let's say you're listening to this and you think, you know, I think I want a practitioner to really help me walk me through this, um, um, do more than my current doctor is doing, we can help direct you with that as well. You can call the office or you can email us, um, right off the website and let us know where you live, what's your zip code, what city are you in and around. And we will definitely give you like, okay, here are the doctors in your area that do, um, wellness medicine, functional medicine, and can maybe dive deeper and, and order the Dutch test for you.
0: Yeah. I think that's really valuable because there's so many women that reach out to me, you know, I'm, you know, live in this state, and, you know, I haven't been able to find anyone that has really helped me get to the root of my PCOS Mm -hmm. symptoms, and I do find that um, if I direct people to the Institute of Functional Medicine, they have a Mm -hmm. practitioner finder, or um, the Naturopathic Association, they also have a physician finder, but mm-hmm. you have a physician finder and somebody that can yeah, which is really valuable information for people listening. So if you're looking for a doctor, reach out to the folks at Dutch Test and they can, you know, match you up with someone. Which
1: is That's nice, because I think it's, like you said, this is PCOS is complicated. And, and a lot of women with PCOS have other things. You know, they have thyroid issues, mm-hmm. Hashimoto's, or they have other autoimmune, or they have, you know, food intolerances, or um, just other stuff that it just ties into the PCOS or is worsening the PCOS, and, and they just need somebody who can orchestrate and dig deep.
0: Yeah, I mean, the food sensitivities, I think, is a huge portion. You know, piece of the puzzle too, and mm-hmm. and a detoxification, a good de- detoxification program, I think, is mm-hmm. so important as well. And right. these are just things that I, I find that your typical, um, you know, mainstream medical doc, who's not, you know, familiar with all of this, they they mm-hmm. have a hard time sort of putting all of these pieces together. So this is I you know, it. great resource. Um, so. Dr. Carey, thank you so much for coming on and sharing today.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. This has been a lot of fun. I I hope it was helpful to your listeners.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, it's definitely helpful to me too. So thank you everyone for joining us on today's PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you might be listening. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I love to hear from you. I read everyone. And if you can think of somebody else that might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with her so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter with lots of great valuable um, content from Diva and my guest bloggers. Just enter your email on PCOSDiva.com to make sure you never miss a future uh episode or future podcast episode. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.